Well, as I said, we're in our third week and, uh, of our Scrabble series. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. And uh, then we're in our third week of our Scrabble series. And uh, uh, we've just kind of kept this concept through the whole series. We'll be tying it up next week. And it's that sometimes we look at our lives like a rack of Scrabble tiles and think, how on earth am I supposed to win with this? Seriously, this is what I've got dealt. This is what I drew when I reached into the little bag of tiles. This is what I've got. I can't do diddly with this. How am I supposed to win? I'm coming at life kind of, uh, <clears throat> kind of held back here. And so as we're looking at this, so many times that can begin to make us look through life through these different filters. If we get focused on a few of the wrong things, we can totally, totally miss out on something that God really wants to do pretty incredible in our life. So the first thing that we want to make sure that we don't focus on, because see, look, if we focus on our problem, then we will miss the bigger thing that God is doing in our lives. There's always something bigger God is doing in our life. And the enemy tries to come and distract us with with these smaller things that can become real big in our eyes. And a lot of them are they're, they're major issues. They're stuff you deal with all day, every day. Some of our Scrabble tiles are like meeting us when our eyes open in the morning. You know, some of them are sitting there every time we, we think we've, we're dealing with these issues that we're trying to deal with and going, how are we, we going to get through this? But if we focus on our problems, if we focus on those things, then you know what? Then we're going to miss the bigger issue. Now, we, all of the subtitles have been our titles jumbled up. And of the other ones I've thrown on Facebook and let people earn it. But this week, I, I wanted to keep a little close to the vest here. I wanted to, to make sure that, that, uh, we, that nobody figured this one out too quickly. Although all you are smart, you'll figure it out too fast. That's why I had to do this. But when we look at the tiles that we've got here today, this uh, L-U-F-E-T-B-A, when we look at that, And if we just look at that and try to play that to the best of our abilities, then honestly the best of our abilities, the the most score that you can try to pull out of this, the most score that you can try to pull out of this all by itself, not contingent upon anything else, is a four-letter word. I know most of the time you're thinking when when we're dealing with this, there's a lot of four-letter words you're thinking of. That's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a different four-letter word. And it's the word F-L-U-B, flub. That's the, if you want to try to get the highest scoring word out of this deal, out of just these tiles, it's flub. And you know what? So many times we can focus on flub. We can focus on the mistake. We can focus on the problem, on the, that that lies in front of us. And think that if we do that, we're going to make the best of it. If we'll just focus on the problem, we'll focus on this issue, then we'll make the best of it. But you know what? That is not actually the case. If we do that, we can actually miss the bigger thing. I was blessed in a way that my children have not been blessed. And uh, that I received for my first car, my dream car. Most 16-year-olds don't receive that. But I did. My dad reached into his retirement savings. And in this incredible act of generosity and, and connection with me, bought this fully restored 67 Mustang. This car was just absolutely gorgeous. My dream car, I wanted. My dad's first car was a 66 Mustang. There was some kind of heart connection there. And uh, so before I brought up classic Mustang, it was you're buying your own car. And then all of a sudden I bring up classic Mustang, all of a sudden my dad's buying me this fully restored awesome car. And uh, 
So Keenan still thinks he's, he's still waiting on his classic Mustang. Told him, get a job. And, uh, and so, uh, but uh, anyways, this car was incredible. This guy had painstakingly gone over this car. It was Acapulco blue, three coats of paint, seven coats of clear. This car was gorgeous, dirty. I mean, it was so incredible. You just wanted to lick this car. It was just phenomenal. Had the styled steel wheels, dual exhaust, glass packs, two-tone pony interior, engine board 30 over. It was just, I mean, it was just the car. I just loved, loved, loved this car. And uh, so, but about two and a half months into my driving career, um, I'm going to take my sisters to school. Which consequently, Keenan does not take his siblings to school. And uh, so not yet. And uh, so I'm taking my sisters to school. And my front passenger seat is open for my best friend. The back seats have my sisters in them. My sister Ginger, who was the good sister. And because she did not play an instrument devised by hell. And but my sister Heather, who was evil at the time. And she's really awesome, Heather. You're awesome. But there, she played this horrible, horrible instrument called the clarinet. It's just horrible. It just, it's just terrible. Because not because anything with the instrument. It's because it comes in this little box with these pointy corners on it. And she had this clarinet. She got in the back seat and she was trying to figure out where to put the clarinet. And I was trying to not get 16-year-old and tell her where to put the clarinet. And, um, and so she's banging it all around on the back of my pristine Mustang seat. She's banging it around. I just see it in my mind's eye. I can see these little corners making little divots and stuff in the back of my seat. It's just driving me up the wall. And Heather's like, I don't know where to put it. And I say, put it right there. She's like, I don't know where to put it. I said, put it right there. She said, put it right there. And my focus on her flub, on her mistake, I missed the bigger thing. The Trans Am parked on the side of the road. Minding its own business. And at 30 miles an hour, I go, bonk! Never saw it happen. Ever saw it happen. Side of my face hits the steering wheel. Told with my car. The, f- the floor pan, thank God there was nobody in that seat. Because it was just crunched. The floor pan was above the, where the, the person's seat sits. It was all crunched. Just accordioned up. Snapped the frame. It was just done. Car was done. Right there in an instant. That was at 16 years old. That was the worst moment of my life. And I was focusing on some small issue and created this big issue in my life. Folks, we have to, we'll miss out if we focus on the, on the wrong things. Mark 8 tells us, says, Then he left them, got back into the boat, this is Jesus, and crossed to the other side. And the disciples had forgotten to bring bread Now, folks, just a couple of verses before, he takes a couple of loaves, feeds 4,000 people, and the disciples picked up the basketfuls, okay? These are the guys he's with. They picked up the basketfuls. They know what's going on. And and they uh, forgot to bring bread except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Two loaves or a couple of loaves fed thousands. They had thousands of people worth of bread. They got one loaf in Jesus. We got all the bread we need. And so, and they're sitting there. And then Jesus tells this. He says, be careful. Jesus warned them. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. So he's teaching them. 
using this analogy of yeast. And they discussed this with one another and said, it's because we don't have any bread. I mean, they have a loaf. They're already lying. They just didn't have as much bread as they wanted to have. They each wanted their own loaf. They each want to have lots of bread. And now they're focusing on because it's because we don't have any bread. So they're focusing on that. And aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? That's our question today. Do we have eyes but don't see and ears but close them out to what God's trying to do in our lives? Don't you remember? Don't you remember? The previous miracle is to set you up for the next miracle. The bread thing should have not been something that they dealt with. They already had the testimony of God taken care of and now they're back to square one. Don't you remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of pieces did we pick up? Twelve, they replied. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many baskets fulls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, seven. And he said to them, do you still not understand? They're focused on the smaller temporal things. And we're missing the big thing. He was trying to teach them about this, this stuff of... of the, the law, the Pharisees trying to get in and it polluting a real relationship with God. He was trying to give them something that they were going to use for the rest of their lives in their walk with him. And they were missing it because they were freaked out about the bread. If we focus on the problem, we're going to miss the bigger things, folks. We can't do this. I know when you look at those scrabble tiles, you're like, God, I'm supposed to win with this. You can so fixate on the problem, but you have to avoid it. You have to not. Do that because you're going to miss the bigger thing. Say, okay, God, here's this problem and you've got a solution, but I want the better thing. I want the bigger thing. I want to move forward in that. We also have to make sure that if we fixate on the issue of being at fault, that we won't come to God for the wisdom that he wants to freely give to us. If we walk on fault. Because guess what? You know what? If you decide you look at those scrabble tiles and you want to get as many of them away from you as possible... The biggest one letter, one word, the, the, the most letters you can use is a five-letter word called fault. That's the most that you can get away from you at one time. You say, I just want this away from you, then all of a sudden you're going to focus on fault. Try to make the most out of this little thing, you're going to focus on the flood. You try to do this other thing, you're going to focus on the fault. See, as I was dealing with that issue with my sister, immediately fault, as soon as it comes out, that's all I'm thinking of. My dad is going to think this is my fault, which it was. It was my fault. And that's all I focused on. Then it was my sister's fault. And then it was that stupid parked car's fault. They shouldn't have parked it there. How stupid. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden it becomes about that. See, James 1, 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. When we're in this place that we don't know what to do, we can go to God without being afraid that he's going to find fault. Why are you coming to me? Why are you coming to me? Well, you figure this out. You made this mess. You're the idiot that did this. God doesn't do that to us. He, we can come to him and he gives, us, he gives us wisdom and ability to deal with our issues. And when he asks, we must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think that he would receive anything from God. See, Romans 8, it pulls the doubt out. Therefore, there is, I mean, the fault out. 
Therefore, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. When we're in Christ, when we have these problems, this, this set of circumstances, these things that we just, we just want to focus on the, on the mistake, or we want to focus on the blame, then we, we, don't, we can be free from that. Because the truth is, it's God who will strengthen you with the endurance to see it become something beautiful. Because the truth is, you take those letters, you take those letters, and you let them intersect. You let God intersect those with you and I. Instead of saying, oh, we don't want anything to do with that, you let God intersect those with you and I. And guess what? We can make them all count. And all of a sudden, now it's beautiful. It's not about the flub. It's not about the fault. Now it's about the beautiful. That is what is going to happen. Something that I never dreamed, I never dreamed could have come out of that, that flub, that mistake of mine of crashing my car. I had always been, my dad was a, was a strict guy, a loving guy, but he was strict, man, and I was, I was afraid. I knew the sacrifice he had made to give me that car. I was ashamed. I was all of these things. And all I could, was consumed with was the fear of my dad. My dad was so angry with me, he never talked to me directly. He had my mom talk to me. First thing I heard my dad had said was told me to pack a bag. I'm not joking. I am not joking. Told me to pack a bag. Making my sisters pack a bag. He's like done with parenting. Like getting rid of all of us. We pack our stuff. They head out. It is a 30-minute drive from Odessa to Andrews. It was a long, silent 30-minute drive. They dump us off at my grandmother's house, and my dad just, they leave. I find out from my grandmother, they go to Rio Doso. They go to the mountains. Find some peace and tranquility. My dad spends a couple of days there. My dad spends a couple of days there, comes home, picks us up. We're there at my grandmother's house. They pick us up. My dad does not talk to me. We get back in the drive, drive the long, quiet 30 minutes back. My dad does not talk to me. We get home. My dad does not interact or talk to me. We had a narrow uh, living room at that time. My dad is coming from one end of it. I'm coming from the other end of the living room. We're walking, and all of a sudden, we're on a collision course. We're on collision course. We can't avoid each other. I drop my head, and I step to the side to let him just go by. And my dad steps in front of me. I'm like, oh, this is it. This is it. I gave him way. He stepped right in front of me, right in front of me. And I was, I was ready for anything. And my dad did something that changed my life. Changed, <laughs> changed my life. Changed our relationship forever. My dad opened his arms and he hugged me. And the first time in my parents' married life, my mom sat at the end of the deal and watched my dad cry. And the two of us just held each other and just cried. See, my dad had vented his anger there on that mountain. He had poured it all out there so that it wouldn't get in. My flub, my blame would not get in the middle of my relationship with him. That was too important. The relationship was more important than the mistake or the blame. And that's why we have Christ, folks. He wants something beautiful to come. Colossians 1. We've got a song. They're going to go ahead and come up and get ready for that. Colossians 1 says, We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul, 
Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength God gives. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy. Thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. 2 Corinthians 3 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness. Folks, with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. I love the way the message translation reads this, folks. All of us, all of us, all of us, all of us. Nothing between us and God. Our faces shining with the brightness of his face. And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as he enters our lives and we become like him.
see the beauty that can rise. Ah. They can, ah. They can rise from the ashes, folks. It's just more than we can imagine. It's more than we can imagine. This is, this is perfect representation of Isaiah 61. It says, And provide for those who grieve in Zion to bestow on them a crowd of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of His splendor. I can't think of anything that displays God's splendor better than Him taking the broken and the mess and turning it into something beautiful. Ephesians 3 tells us, Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to the power that is at work in us. We're going to do something a little different this morning. We have a few minutes here. What I want to do, we've, not, we've never done this before. They're just going to place their signs right up here on the front. Just place them right up there. And we're going to create a quiet moment right here. We're going to create an opportunity. And what we do is we want just some, some ministry time. If you're in this place on any area, these were all unique. These were all unique areas of mess. These were all unique places of being broken and frustrated. And God turned it beautiful. You, you may be in your own unique place. But we've got these people. And we're turning them into a prayer team now. And so right now, right here, if you've got a place that you want to see God do something special in your life and turn some stuff around, I want you to just get up. They got up and shared their glory with you. I want you to just get up and come and pray with them right now. Nat's just going to play. And just come and receive prayer.
things is the fact that we can pray for each other. The Bible says to encourage each other. Maybe you're more comfortable with the person sitting next to you. If I'm telling you, if you need prayer, you need prayer. Folks, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's embrace what we need. It is so free and it is so ours. You just turn to the person next to you if you need to. going anywhere we're going to have have ministry time and so if you you're wanting to pray with somebody in particular you don't have to but what i am about to do is i'm about to pray a prayer dismissal and those of y'all that need to just go ahead and leave you can and so but we're just going to create a a, leave a moment here and uh if you need prayer well they'll stay here as long as as long as you need so if you go ahead and stand with me Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that when we get the junk and we don't know what to do with it, you have a plan for beauty. The enemy and our own mistakes, Lord, we can't build something you can't turn to good. Lord, you can turn all things around. God, I thank you, Lord, we're going to go out of here encouraged. Lord, we're going to go out of here encouraged, Heavenly Father. I thank you, Lord, that relationships are being restored. Lord, that lives are turning around, Heavenly Father, that fresh hope is truly springing up. Lord, we call everyone blessed, Lord, as we go out of here. Go out of here encouraged. Lord, you're the life giver. We serve you that give us life. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen.